0: DMC fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins, as well as hand paddles and other training aids. And use the promotion code Off the Blocks for a ten percent discount at checkout. Australia in four, the United States in five. Australia. Off, McKenzie the bottom, to butter, in sixth, end of the year. Queen start. Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did
1: Joyce. Was short of Germany was away. Well,
0: they'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloema and fact, ahead of Manuel and Harris-Amenya.
1: What a shot! Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 goal. Now Henry is. Up. Henry of Australia shading Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser
0: in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last league. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be a victory. Hey everyone, and welcome once again for another week to the Shannon Rollison podcast. Thank you all for joining us as I introduce the host of the show, the star of the show, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, mate, how are you? Yeah, good, Robbie. How are you? Yes, Shannon, I'm good. It's been an eventful week. How's your week been uh, coaching-wise? Yeah, good. Um, uh, We've got a
1: a, a main set on this afternoon, and then um, it's a bit of an adaptation week, so... um, so I gave the guys the morning off this morning. Um and uh and then Friday and Saturday we're just gonna go pretty easy. So the, the rest of the week. So
0: but all going well. Yours? Uh yeah, yeah, no, all going well. We've got um so obviously we're in different um
1: age yeah. groups. You've
0: got yeah, you've got your your open guys and you've still got what, four weeks to go now? Five? Yeah, something like that. Um and we're almost at our ten day taper. I do a ten day taper. Uh and we're, you know, probably I think four sessions, three sessions away from that. So uh yeah, no, we've got one more big hit out left. And other than that, we're uh, on the on the downhill now. So uh exciting times. The swimmers always look forward to it, don't they? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I always reckon it's good. You can always tell they need a taper, you know. I think yeah. that's a pretty good sign. Um, I think that you've you've had some good work done, uh, and they're just ready physically and mentally.
0: Yeah, you know you can tell when uh, your swimmer misses Tuesday morning, like one of mine did, and on Wednesday morning when you see him, you say, "Oh hey, you weren't here yesterday. Yeah, you didn't message me. You couldn't tell me anything. Oh yeah, no. Nah. So what what was your reason? I didn't want to get up. <laughs> So you know you you know they're probably looking forward to the back end of the season yeah. when uh, when they're at that point where they just uh, yeah they can't get out of bed they're they're just sort of over it by this stage it's the workload is has been too much um, now this uh, week's episode is called landing your plane um, and if you remember from last week's episode Chad said good luck to everyone uh, on landing your plane as we're coming into the end and, and into taper season and uh it is taper time so i thought why not be again finger on the pulse as we always are, shannon and get something out there for the people and the coaches who listen they're all about to go into taper whether you're doing you know a 10 day one like me maybe you're doing two weeks maybe you're doing less i'm not sure everyone's got their own way of doing stuff so i thought now is a good time to to have a chat about it first question on on a taper for all those who um, again, I don't want to assume that everybody knows what we're talking about. To you, what, what's a taper uh, mean? What's a taper there for?
1: Well, it's, it's basically trying to peak uh, for a, any given performance on a any given day, you know? So if you're, you're trying to get the athlete to perform at their very best on the, you know, uh, 18th of April, if that's when their are is. whereas during during the year, you know, um, you can have ups and downs, and and you can hit a meet and they swim well, and you can hit a meet and they don't swim as well uh, because of where 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 they're adapting in 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 the season. But end of end of season, if it's the trials or it's Australian Championships, you're trying to peak them for that that particular five day meet or seven day meet whatever it is now
0: question that I didn't have written down but once you started talking it triggered my my brain to start thinking in terms of planning for that day so for me that 10 day uh, drop comes leads into my swimmer's first race what's the difference for you in terms of taper or or how you would go about it if you have a swimmer who's got a big program or you've got a swimmer who has a small program, because I'm assuming you don't want to get that taper wrong. If you've got a big program where your swimmers, they need to still be hitting their peak at the end of the week, but you've dropped a little bit short and you, you've you left them maybe a little bit short at the beginning of the week. Is that something that we need to be conscious of? And is there a difference there? I don't think so. Um, you get them ready
1: for their first race. Um because, you know, big part of competition is the psychological factor. And if they swim well on day one and they've got five days of racing, all the warm-ups, the swim-downs, you know, if they're warming up, swimming down and competing and making finals, you know, they're, they're going to be doing it, you know, six kilometres a day. Mm. So they are not going to lose any fitness. Um, you want them mentally feeling good that they and confident that they are swimming well so even if their main events on day three or four you still want them um mentally in a head good headspace for that event so you need them to swim well on day one so i always work off day one of the meet day one of their first
0: race yeah in terms of the different types of tapers um whether it be you know the length of taper as i said i've got a 10 day one some people do two weeks some people might do three so everyone's got a different way of doing it uh also there's different uh, volumes some people drop the volume right out some people keep the volume somewhat steady at that three to four k's but just take the intensity completely out of it have you tried how many sort of different ways of tapering have you tried um do you have a, a preference and and have you heard of different ones that you've sort of always looked at and thought, oh, I wonder how that would go? Um,
1: yeah, look, I mean, it's all, in, you know, individual from a swimmer and coach point of view, it's all um, based around, you know, the type of preparation you have and the type of work that you do. So today, you know, all, all I'm going to be talking on is what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, there's the two tapers that I've used is either a linear taper or an exponential taper. Um, so linear is is coming down evenly. Um, exponential, you drop a lot more at the beginning, and then um, tape, uh and, and then it tapers out. Um, and I either go fourteen days or twenty one days. So um, early in my career. I did, you know, basically it was always three weeks and probably in the last, oh, let me think now, probably the last um, 10 to 12 years, you know, I've used two-week tapers as well, so over three weeks or two weeks, so all depending on, on the type of swimmer I've got in front of me and, yeah. But, but never 10 days i've never done or, or or seven days never do anything
0: like that okay all right thank you for making me question myself as we get <laughs> right up into the point of it just writing that down already fucked up all right now um <laughs> i know
1: there's 10 day tapers.
0: But... <laughs> now it's all right i have to, this isn't the first time i've done it and I've, I've done them before and and for for certain swimmers i have it it's definitely worked really well so it's okay. Uh, I'm I'm confident enough, but yeah, if it doesn't go well, I will come back to this podcast and remember when Shannon said, "Nah, I wouldn't do it." Um, in terms of the the volume, and obviously with with different athletes, as you said, it, it is different. What sort of volume are you coming down to, or or kilometres per per you know per session? Are you coming down to? Um, well, that's where it becomes quite individual, but really.
1: You know, the parameters that I use are is a 50% drop um, or a, um, if I'm going to taper them, you know, a three-week taper group would be, I'd get down to about 30% of their normal volume, you know. Okay. So, um, you know, I remember Jodie, you know, the last week in the seven days leading up to when she broke the world record in Athens, she did 12 kilometres and, you know, she was, so that's pretty much 30% of, you know, what, what she'd come from. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Matt, Matt Aboud, you know, he, he would be something like that, Janetta Otteson, Um, whereas, uh, you yeah, know, Rega, when she broke the world record um, and, you know, being a breaststroker, different stroke, uh, you yeah, know, she was,
0: or, yeah. In terms of getting it wrong, have you ever got it wrong? I know a lot of coaches out I mean, that's the way, the only way we learn, right, is we do it and we we get it and you've obviously got to reassess at the end of it, maybe not straight after it, but when you come back and have a look and assess, you know, where where you got it right and where you got it wrong. Uh, For yourself, have you ever got it wrong in a taper and, and where did you identify that?
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone's got it wrong at some point. Um, the, uh, But I think, you know, probably one of the best things I've heard is Bob Bowman talk about the taper goes wrong when the preparation hasn't been good enough, you know. Um, but I can remember, uh, you know, with Janetta I, I the first time I tapered her, I just, because she'd never been tapered more than 14 days so the first time i tapered her was 14 days and she swam well she won the world championship in the 50 fly Uh, but then the following year i thought i want to taper her for three weeks um and i did that and she swam even better um and she went 56 5 to win the europeans so um and I was just pretty confident with the experience that I'd had that someone like yourself would respond well. Um, the, and I, I, you know, with, with Rega, we went three weeks for, for that European Championship uh, because I thought, one, I wanted to just, if there, was a, uh, if there was a time to test it, that was it. It was a very long prep, in some ways too long. Um, and she swam 219, but yeah, we had to do a lot of work to get it to that, you know, because, you know, in, in that third week, she was feeling good. Then wasn't feeling good. Then, you know, it was coming and going. Whereas when it tapered her for two weeks, she was much more consistent. And, uh, so definitely for her, um, A two week taper was the answer. But so, whether, yeah, getting it wrong, you know, I I think if they're prepared well, you're never going to get it completely wrong, but it's just whether it's going to be better one way or the other, you know. Mm. Um, But I think also um, the other thing that over the years, you know, athletes that do intense intensity work and stuff like that, they can rest much better than athletes that don't do a lot of intensity, you
0: know, in their yeah. prep. Well, mate, you mentioned obviously fly, breaststrokes there, you, you know, you've coached freestyle in terms of a taper. Does it matter as well, depending on what sort of swimmer you've got with what stroke they're, they're racing? So in terms of regga with the, you know, 200 breaststroke, does that factor into how you taper and the difference in it as well?
1: Yeah, I think is are, um, as we keep on saying, it's just another sport, you know. Um, so, you know, the things I've found with breaststroke is they can get a bit too fresh and then they, they can't feel the water. Um, other times, you know, Tani white, I can remember, I, you know, you just go two days without doing any breaststroke at all, just to, you know, so um, she... You know, so, so some breaststrokers like to do breaststroke, and others, you know, that you're better off going the other way. So, breaststrokes a trickier one than the other strokes um, because there's so much feel involved. And breaststrokers generally are very feel orientated. You know, they're very aware of what's going on. So, um, so yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me that you know, keeping a bit more. Um, breaststroke involved in the taper can be beneficial where Mm. it's like a a sprint freestyler you might be like just rest 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 and if if in doubt more rest you know
0: yeah
1: yeah breaststroke is definitely different
0: would you say for breaststroke to Uh, you know you can play around with it and do different more more skull drills or more a little bit more kick or i've used the bungee before as well just for a little bit of um you know extra attention there would you explore sort of different avenues so rather than just tapering down just doing straight breaststroke or whatever just using different um tools of the tool belt shall we say to to keep them doing breaststroke but not as much breaststroke if that sort of makes sense
1: yeah, well, I remember um, Tani used to like to do a few sprints with the with the um, the sponge or the net, um, just to put a little bit of load on on that on the stroke, yeah. um, and to keep that there. So, and that sort of helped her with feel and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think you can play around, but yeah, again, your breaststroke's quite in, individual. So you coach the person that's in front of you, and don't. Necessarily, just put your breaststrokers in the same um, same boxes as yeah a sprint breaststroker and a sprint freestyler. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be the same. So
0: yeah, which is easier said than done sometimes too, isn't it, Shannon? With because I know there's coaches out there listening to us now. Like, well that's nice, but I've got forty kids in my squad. Yeah. How am I supposed to to taper it down? So. Um, there's, there's ways to still do it um, I, I've, I've managed, I've been fortunate enough, especially when I was up at Albany Creek um, Richard Slight who's now with um, with Dean at St Peter's working with their age group swimmers there and he was always really good at making a big group feel individualised um, but it is it's hard work isn't it Yeah that's
1: right, yeah you're looking at you know 20 odd swimmers no 30 swimmers some clubs aren't they you know that go to age and And, you know, they're not all paying you $50 an hour. Um, So, uh, you you know, there's limits to how individual you can get. So, and that's where, you know, you you do the best you can in the circumstances that you got. Um, And um, look, at the end of the day, the other thing is, you know, that they can go to the meet and not perform and it may have nothing to do with the taper. It's got everything to do with you know, their headspace and the nerves and, you know, and even that in that, saying that, you know, it could be their, the whole problem could be their parents.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) listen. You've got to work that all out, haven't you? Yeah. um, I mean, I don't want to sound like a... Uh, uh, what's the word? Some, someone with a gripe against, you know, parents or co- or swimmers or anything, but as a coach, I don't want to have sour grapes when I say this, but this is just an observation when the swimmers do well, everybody celebrates as if they've all done a good job. When the swimmers are doing poorly, everyone points their fingers at the coach to say, what did you not get right? Have you noticed that over your years? Because I'm slowly starting to realize when we get success, not, not that I look for a pat on the back, Shannon, I certainly don't. But if I'm going to get a finger pointed in my face, I'd like at least a, oh, you know, well done as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a tough gig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just noticing that lately. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah, we get gold medal. Gold medal. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And just walk off if we don't get a PB. What's going on? I want to talk to you. We need a meeting. <laughs> now, mate, in terms of uh, in terms of tapers, is there any absolute do nots? Is there anything that you wouldn't be touching or doing during a taper? Hmm. Uh,
1: don't increase. <laughs> um, the do's or do nots. No, nah, look, I think, you know, the, you know, the advice to me is when in doubt, less is more, you know. Um, so I think that's a good one to keep in your back pocket. Um, things I've done, you know, if the swimmer's taking a while to adapt, you know, and the meet's getting closer, um, give them a day out of the water completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, and, you know, in those last couple of days, you um, you know, just rest, rest, and, and rest, you know, um, those last three days. Um, even with your distance guys, you know, like if you've held them up and held them up with three days to go, you can really, you know, back them off. Um, the other thing is... Sometimes you can give them a spike, you know, like three days out, hit them with a, you know, broken effort or something like that. Ten days out, I tend to um, do their last sort of fitness thing, you know. So um, you can't really lose any fitness in the, in the last ten days. So um, that's one of my general rules. Uh, with ten days to go, we'll, we'll do their last sort of, Aerobic heart ratey type thing, whatever you want to call it these days. Mm. Um, uh, Legs freshen up quicker than the upper body. Um, It's another thing. Um, And you just, the other, one of the things I think you've got to make sure that your athletes are doing, if you're resting them in the pool, they need to be resting elsewhere, you know? Um, you know, I've, I've, I've in the last couple of years I've tapered people, and you know, and uh, that they've, they've driven to the the meet. You know, they've driven thirteen hundred kilometres. <laughs> That's oh, the point. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not just about resting in in the pool. You know, they can't be running around kicking a ball or staying up late. Rest means. Everything is resting, yeah. So, um so I think that's something that you probably think you don't need to say that to your athletes, particularly your younger ones, but you do.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, especially the younger ones if they've got other sports on or if they've got something coming up that's a you know a team sport that oh we've got finals though and I need to be there or it could be something like that 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 definitely happens quite a lot that. Mm. Yeah, that they, they can be compromising in terms of. They, they, your- they don't do it their school swim meet in the
1: taper,
0: you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That again, and that we and that we can't control sometimes, can we? Like there's there's a school uh, I meet at Homebush today. Um, I do believe there was uh, there was one at the beginning of the week. I can't remember if there's one early next week as well, um, which definitely is in the taper time. So. It's kind of <laughs> what do you do? Some kids listen to you and sort of back off and just do a couple of races or whatever they need, but some you know they want to be there and they're doing all races and all relays and yeah, yeah. It's sort yeah. of that one of those things you can't control, is it? Yeah, no, that's
1: right. And I remember um, when I was in Denmark, um, it was actually setting. Um, we were going to Eindhoven in in April, so we. We, uh, I did a three-day rest for the Danish Championships and um, and Rega went 219.9. Um, and then we were tapering for, and that was like March, We were I was going to taper for um, the Eindhoven Cup, or the Eindhoven meet in April because I knew it was a fast pool, could get footage. Um, so, and then, you know, uh, we had another four months to the European champs. So, um, so anyway, so I start tapering her. And then I find out that she's got a uh, the Danish swim league thing was on. And I was like, oh, okay. So what have you got to swim? She got, had to swim the 400 AM, had to do 200 freestyle, re- 4x2 <laughs> relay. Uh, she wasn't even, I think she only did one of the breaststrokers because their team had a good breaststroker um so they had him and she was in division three you know it wasn't even a division one club (laughs) I said oh we'll just go easy yeah just just win the race just go easy you know we can't really afford she had about 1300 meters of racing (laughs) and um she said oh I can't go easy I said what do you mean you can't go easy she said no it's it's on this international point system so you get like you know, 900 points for a swim or 950. She said, so I've got to go hard for the club. Really? <laughs> so not only did they make it worse, I think it was about 1,300. The, someone DQ, got DQ'd in the relay, the 4x2. So not only did she have to do one 4x2 and freestyle. She's doing a of freestyle effort. Now, you know, it's not her forte. <laughs> of course, the club got DQ'd, they had to rerun run it. So what so she had to do that? it again. She had to do it again. <laughs> so she had to do two 200 freestyles. We ended up doing 1500 meters of, um, of racing. You know, I, I'll have to go back and have a look, but we were inside 14 weeks, you know, uh, 14 days. So it was probably 10 days or seven days, or something like that. And, um, you know, I, I spoke to the coach. And he said, oh, she'll be right. You know, she's tough. I'm like, tough? Tough's got nothing to do with this. (laughs) So we get to Eindhoven and she was just horrendous. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she, she was slow in the 50 breaststroke. She did the 100 breaststroke and she was 107 something, which was her split for the world record. And we went out after that. She had the two hundred. The following, you know, which was on day three of the meet. It was a three day meet, and we had to do a hell of a lot of work out the back, and just doing some stroke stuff, and just trying to get her to feel better in the water, anyway. And then she she came in the next day, and and she went two nineteen. And um, if you had have asked me, was she going to do that? I was like, no, I can't see it happening. And um, and she was she was on world record pace for. Yeah, nearly the first three laps and just fell off a little bit in the last 25. I went two nineteen-five or something like that. Um, And, you know, what could have been, you know? It's always in in the back of my mind. And and what was basically happening was she'd she'd done all that racing, which, you know, 1,500 metres of absolute racing, um, and it had put her in a hole. You know, so, um, yeah. So, certainly, if if, if that happens, um, hopefully it's not fifteen hundred meters, and uh, but if it does, you you you've, you you've then got to change everything. You know, you can't just stick to your taper plan.
0: Well, when you say change everything just in terms of some some pointers for for the coaches out there because i i do know it is there's definitely races going on as i said i've got swimmers there today tomorrow friday i think i, I can't be sure but i think early next week there might be some races at Homebush again which as i said is very much in taper time yeah. uh if you do have someone who's probably doing more than you want them to do how would you look at adapting it
1: yeah so If you've got someone racing, like, say, over the next couple of days, so is it just a one-day meet?
0: So the one at the moment, I think it's CHS or something like that, so school, state, um, public school, state. I can't remember exactly. I don't know. All these bloody different letters, Shannon and CHS and all these, but there's different ones. Um, CHS, I'm pretty sure. This is today, tomorrow, and Friday. Um, I can't imagine yeah yeah i can't imagine they have too many races in one day but it, it can be a, a pretty big load if you've got two or three races each day yeah two so, races each day
1: So well, i'd be definitely yeah you know, keep you know taking that into account this week and then looking how they come up come out of it next week certainly wouldn't be doing anything similar to you know, race pace or or um fast work on monday tuesday um and what you know if you've been doing this in season and you might have an efficiency you know so so you swim a 50 at a certain stroke rate with a certain stroke count and you have a time so say it's if it's freestyle say it's like 38 rate and 29 zero and 38 stroke count Uh, yeah if you've got any markers like that I'd be sort of looking at seeing where they're at by doing that next week and if they're yeah you know, if, if the numbers aren't good, yeah keep resting and 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 not going near that sort of that sort of stuff that they did at, at the competition um, and just trying to get them to adapt because what what will happen is all of that racing it'll either do two things, it'll send them into an adaptation or will delay the adaptation that you're trying to get. Um, so you've got to try and work out that. Um, you know, one of the factors of a, of a taper, one of the biggest changes um, in tapering is you get easy speed, you know, um, and, and in that your stroke length increases. So you want to be looking for those sorts of things. So
0: yeah no easy absolutely um in terms of i was just trying to I, as you were talking then i was just coming up with a question but now it's it's escaped my mind shannon oh no it's back so in terms of the race pace stuff it, it, do you? is it okay to do would you say uh, you know 25s at 200 pace it might you might go one on one off one on one off so again, you're just hitting that stroke rate. Maybe it's a little bit more neural trait, Maybe it's a little bit more less physical because you're, you're only doing it over 25. Switch it off, or is that still something you'd stay away from? Coming out of that swim meet. Yeah, so go, going yeah, into yeah. next
1: week. Yeah, I'd stay away from it. Okay. Because there'll be neural fatigue from the competition.
0: Yep. So, so you just short and fast, long and easy.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things. You know, in a taper is you, you can't you can't keep you know poking the bear, so to speak. So sometimes the best thing is just to walk away from it, you know, for and that's you know, when I mentioned um, you know giving them a day out of the water, sometimes that's not just a, a physical thing, but it's also a mental thing, because you're just giving the, the athlete a complete rest because they're, they're constantly trying to see if they feel better in the water and that's not doing them any good as well. So, um, so sometimes the best thing to do is either walk away from the stroke, so don't allow them to do that stroke on that day, or if, it's still not, if it still requires more, give them a complete 24 hours out of the pool.
0: Now I know we're talking about the taper here, Shannon, but I've got a question uh, just in the, around the lead up to the taper. Is there ever a moment for you, or can you sort of see and predict in terms of um, your athletes' results? So, for example, we've not long uh, had you know senior metros. We're here in New South Wales, or you know wherever you are in the world listening, because it's not just New South Wales people that listen. Got a big following in in England, Shannon as well. So, if you've got Um, your meet that you want to taper for, but say five weeks out, six weeks out, maybe even four to a point, there's a meet. You go there and your swimmer does really well, maybe too well. Is there such a thing as, as maybe too well? Is there such a thing where if we're four weeks out and they're really firing in terms of getting a big drop that you might be able to pick up? Hang on a second. Maybe I haven't quite timed this right. Maybe I've dropped off. More than I wanted to, or is is that a factor in in the taper as well
1: yeah, I think so. everything's a factor like so it a, a lot of times there's the meat four weeks out, isn't it you know um and so if if they're swimming really well um and and maybe they've been sick or injured or they've had to they had COVID and they had to be out for seven days yeah. <laughs> uh. So they didn't get everything that, you know, their, inter- their preparation has been interrupted and then they get up in the meeting and they go, well, and they they might be a three-week taper type person. Well, then you might think mm, maybe they only need two, you know, so you might adjust it.
0: So, so it's just always having a look at what you've done and, uh, yeah. and what you've got. Uh, mate, we, we've nearly time to wrap it up. I don't think there's too much more we can extrapolate here on on taper. I mean, you and I can try. We could talk all day, but I also don't want to go around in circles and and talk about the the exact same things. Um, in terms of dot points, if we we're just going to give you know three dot points in terms of just to finalise this this taper conversation, for if you were going to write up three dot points for coaches to take away and go, all right, whether you're doing uh, two weeks, 10 days, three weeks, if you're doing three weeks for national age, you probably would have started by now. What are those three dot points that we should as coaches be looking to try and execute? Because this is regardless of what swimmer you've got. So it's universal. These are just the pointers that we can use um, in any situation. Uh, um,
1: don't overwork them leading into the taper all right um you can't make them any fitter um in in the last part of that prep um and you've got to you know i think you mentioned earlier yeah dropping out the intensity you've got to keep some of that intensity in there so you know um yeah that race pace or whatever you type you know so um and and when i sort of drop the intensity by 30 or 25 uh, sorry my volume my intensity drops in sort of equal fashion so always keeping all the the systems alive um so i think that's the other
0: one um that you want to do so that'd be
1: my three things
0: no absolutely and hopefully you know, the coaches listening have gotten something out of this um, to to help them, as you said, and as the title of this week's episode says, Shannon, land your plane uh, nice and smoothly, although I want to take this this uh, title quite literally. Oh, yeah, go. Oh, well, one thing we haven't touched on, and that's like gym, strength yep. and conditioning work. So I think,
1: you know, just keep in mind, you know, with with the females, they'll start losing strength Um after seven days so you know you got to keep that in mind the males can taper off in the gym much earlier Mm -hmm. um, but the girls i think you keep them keep them up until about seven days out and then you can drop drop them away
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it with the gym um in in terms of age group as well and as you said boys and girls and i know um I think one of the strength and conditioning courses I went to, they were saying use it or lose it. So in other words, you know, you don't want to just stop using it altogether in terms of the strength you've built. Otherwise it's just going to go. So how important does that play a part in, in the taper as well? Um, yeah, it's definitely, well,
1: it's, it's all part of it, isn't it? You know, so you want them, um, yeah, the whole use it or lose it quote that you just said that's the same with that sort of intensity in the taper so you want to be coming down but you've got to keep you know keep the body you know awake and alive in those areas um, and you know I think with um, with the with the gym you want them feeling strong but um, but not yeah, you know, you've got to keep in mind that once they start racing they're probably not really doing
0: too much gym as well so um yeah mm. no it's all good mate it's all good food for thought and as i said and well, we're not giving people the answers but we might be triggering them to to finding their own which i like um i want to take the the title of this show mate uh, this episode sorry landing your plane quite literally have you had some bad plane rides have you had some bad uh plate landings have you ever you've been someone who's flown around the world quite a lot and i think i i don't know if i mentioned it on air or off air but i think i've told you that one of my worst landings ever was in what's coming into canberra i was airborne at one stage i was out of my seat and i'm a big man that's hard to do so there was a lot of turbulence happening um have you had any uh any bad plane rides uh oh yeah i had
1: some shockers yeah but at 30,000 feet or whatever it is, you know, landing-wise, um, the, the worst ones that I can remember are the ones going into Perth. Uh, I don't know whether it was because it was early days and I'd just started flying and I just wasn't very good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Perth for me uh, is the one that comes to mind. But then a couple others are just, you know, somewhere um, Yeah, somewhere in the middle of Europe somewhere. And, you know, fasten your (laughs) seatbelts.
0: Yeah. There were crazy airports over there too, and there's airports everywhere in Europe. And I remember when I went, I was 24, 23-something. And uh, went on Ryanair. Did you ever go on Ryanair when you were over there? Once. Yeah, and we and we landed, and everyone cheered. And I thought, "Well, shit! What? What is this? A surprise? <laughs> were, were we in danger? I've never seen everybody cheering when we when we landing a plane before. Like I figured, it's assumed we're going to land. I don't need to celebrate that we've got our our uh, wheels on the floor." Brian is
1: terrible. <laughs> so bad.
0: I was young. I was I was a backpacker. See, I, I had not that much cash, so just take what you can get. Uh, I remember I was up the back of Ryanair and my, you know, I, I'm not very
1: tall and my legs, I, I, my knees were hitting the back of the seat. I had to sit <laughs> at 45 degrees.
0: <laughs> I remember they were very strict on how much weight I could bring on this plane. Yeah. So I ended up having to wear so much of my clothes. Like, I, I look like, is it the Michelin man? Like, I had all these different, and then I, like, just got on like that, which is silly because now I weigh just as much as that stuff weighed anyway, so it's the same weight, isn't it?
1: Well, I think they've got more people on the plane because they just, you know, they shorten every the leg room by, like, 15, 20 mils or whatever, <laughs> and so they're, they're packing more people on those planes, so, they, yeah, that's probably yeah. why
0: never again on Ryanair um, one of my other uh, flights in terms of landing wasn't so much scary in terms of it was bumpy but it was just scary in terms of the abruptness of how quickly um, we went to my wife is Portuguese and we went to her home um, town in Fachal uh, which is a, a small island off Portugal so it's where um, Madeira it's the the islands called Madeira it's where um, uh, Ronaldo's from. And uh, as her grandma's told me a thousand times they're very they're very happy about Ronaldo coming for them. they're very proud of him but um, when you land yeah the runway isn't that big so as you land it's almost a, an abrupt landing like like you're on one of those Navy ships where you've just got to pull up and I, I wasn't ready for it so yeah that was that was quite the um the experience but beautiful beautiful island if anybody is traveling around Europe Madeira it's off it's off Portugal and um it's a beautiful spot. You mentioned some scary plane rides in the air, mate. Have you, what? What have you got there, story wise? Any?
1: Uh, I can't even remember where and stuff, obviously. But yeah, just some bump. You know, some pretty bumpy. You know, we, when you start looking at the people next to you <laughs> and, and your eyes are going, you're like, "Is this it?" So,
0: <laughs> is this it? Um, I was. We were fortunate when we went on our honeymoon because we had a honeymoon in Spain that's where we we went to first and um we 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 decided we're just gonna have a few drinks and a few turned into a few too many and then we were quite lucky because literally we'd pretty much just knocked ourselves out and then we flew through a storm so we're we're bumping around and and i'm not the best flyer but luckily because i'd pretty much drank myself to sleep I wasn't as fussed about if the plane was going down, but that was pretty bad. You could tell. You know, when the plane sort of dips, he's, um, he's, he's sort of going down a little bit too. He's sort of riding a wave almost. That's how it felt anyway. It yeah. wasn't so much just a clear. He was kind of going down and up. And I thought, oh. so I thought, oh, stuff it. Let's just go back to sleep. If we're going down, we're going down. Me being awake or asleep's not going to change anything.
1: I found <laughs> when I was younger, I used to be able to just – it was like someone knocked me out, you Yeah, know, to sleep. And as the older I've got, yeah, that's become less of an
0: ability. What do you do on the plane now? Do you read? Do you write? Do you do programs? Do you watch a movie? Yeah, movies and, and uh,
1: I, I, I try to write some some notes and things like that, and, you know. And uh, yeah, but movies... Movies is a big one. It's so much better now that you've got your own, you know. I remember when I first started, there was still smoking. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Like, like, you know, (laughs) there was no divide. The last... Swimming in Australia it always put us up the back in the smoking section. <laughs> and then if you were lucky and you weren't in the smoking section, well, there was still people smoking too behind you anyway. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's not going to make a big difference up there, is it? No. No. Um, I mean, people get people get allergic to things in the air just with, you know, nuts being down the front and the air conditioner passes it along and say, so, yeah, no, there's, there's nowhere to hide, is there? Like climate control in your car, you know. (laughs) On my side, I want it at 18,
1: and and your your missus might have it at 22. Mm. It's not like the 22
0: stays on that side and the 18 stays on this. (laughs) No. What a gimmick. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, you, yeah, absolutely. I get, that's why I get in trouble so much because I like it being like Antarctica in there, you know. People always say, if you come into my, like, house or whatever, you could hang meat in there. Like, it just doesn't – like, that's how cold it gets. And, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't always work well with the wife. Um, Yeah, no, definitely you can watch movies now. Uh, Virgin Virgin are really good with that. They've got the Virgin Entertainment app so you can watch your movies on there and that makes life easier, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, people. Now, listen, I think that's a chance to to wrap it up there. Thank you all very much for, for joining us again. And as we said, hopefully you've got something out of this. This is purely an episode we did for the listeners. We know that there's a lot of, um, as we said, Canberra listeners or New South Wales swimming listeners or... I mean, we probably had some Queensland coaching listeners, but Shannon, I think he said a few things about Queensland a couple of times. So I think they switched off now. So, but it's all right. (laughs) We'll get them back. (laughs) So, yeah, no, we purely did this for you guys just to try and help and... Um and basically I'm asking the questions to Shannon on your behalf. So Shannon, mate, thank you very much again. Uh as always, you've given us a lot of food for thought. And yeah, you know, as you like to say, there's no exact science to it, is it? But it's it's just giving people uh something extra to think about.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, one thing that come come to mind then um if they get sick in the taper, which is not you know, that's quite common. Someone gets cooking in your taper and they, don't panic. Um, don't try and uh, make up lost ground. Um, sometimes I've always had the approach, well, they've got sick for a reason and uh, they just needed, you know, sometimes the sickness is a sign of a big adaptation and um, and just just keep, keep them on track so if they lose three or four days and come back in and it's day seven, just do what you were going to do if they hadn't have got sick.
0: Yeah
1: so um and, and the other thing is a big part of having a good type of response is is the coach being confident so
0: well uh, well actually let's <laughs> i was going to wrap it up but you've made me think of another question how important is it as a coach during this time and, and especially going into competition to, to, you know, still be coaching the same way, to not be over-coaching at this point, to not be revving home ideas that, you know what I mean, to to still, I mean, I'm not saying take a back seat, but it's, it goes back to the Stephen Tigg conversation, doesn't it, where, you know, how much is too much and how much is not enough. But it's important to try and stay balanced, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want
1: to be, um, you know, if, if they're not feeling good on on a day, don't try and change their stroke and, come up with something and don't try and fix it. Just accept, all right, that's okay. You mightn't feel good for a whole week, you know. Normally, the longer they don't feel good, the better they swim. Mm. So it just means they're having a bigger adaptation. Sometimes, you know, I've had swimmers that felt pretty good all the way through and they, they still swim well, you know. So it, it's so individual, um, as long as you um, you yeah, know those parameters that we talked about um, you keep to that generally yeah it, it all it all goes pretty good mm. yeah you've rested them up they've adapted Yeah, I, I, as I've mentioned I think it's you yeah, know the factors that lead to a poor race are generally the factors that lead up to it, you know, overthinking the race, poor execution of the race, um, they are not really that many things in the taper unless you've worked them too hard in the taper period, you know. Yeah. But all said and done, if you haven't done that, it's generally the, the, around the mental side of things and
0: race execution, so... I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us this week. I promise I've got no more questions. I'll actually wrap it up now. Can't help myself. You always just sort of make me think of something else, and I think, oh, shit, well, I've got him here. Let's ask it. Um, No, thank you, guys, for for joining us this week. Um, We look forward to having you again next week. I think, as we said, Shannon, we've got a few uh, big championship events coming up that we want to cover, whether it's the Comm Games, whether it's the World Champs. I think we're looking at 2008 in Beijing as well. We are talking to David Marsh next week, so. Um, but when you hear this, it was probably the week before. I can't remember when these are coming out, but you've either heard him or you're about to hear him, one or the other, but um, and we've got some more special guests to come as well. So stick with us here on the Shannon Rollison podcast, and hopefully we will continue to uh, help you guys as coaches out there and give you A little bit of food for thought as we get through this. So, mate, thank you very much, Shannon, for joining us. And to all the listeners, have a great weekend. Uh, Shannon said last week, good luck with landing your planes uh, as we come into taper time, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks, Robbie. All the best, everyone. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now And let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.